I'm not sure if you're aware of it, but hopefully in the next few weeks, or maybe at the month of the latest, our church is getting a new church sign. I often kid with people that the church sign out there says like 1954. But seriously, we are getting a new church sign, state of the art. Um, it's all paid for. We just have to wait for it to be installed and a couple other uh, hoops we have to jump through. A new church sign is going to look like this. Do you see it? State of the art is the largest sign that we could get. Uh, and the nice thing is we could put all sorts of pictures up there, announce all sorts of things. We put the temperature, the time, we put on football scores. I mean, no, we can put down, you know, things for people, remind them of activities at church in various Bible verses. So pretty cool, and hopefully that'll be up there. Uh, we would have got one from the other side, but I don't think the trees and bushes need to have that information. But it'll be a real blessing to us. We're looking forward to it. So talking about church signs, and I'm thinking about church signs that deal with you and I, church signs that deal with the church. Here's some signs that we could put on the church for others to see. Okay? If your life stinks, we have a pew for you. Okay? There's a church sign we could put out there, right? Or we could put under new management for 2,000 years. Okay? Or another sign we could put for our church is tweet others the way you want to be tweeted. Okay? All sorts of church signs about um, your and my life together about our church. We could have a church sign when you throw mud at someone, you lose ground, okay? Or if you're more fortunate than others, build a bigger table, not a taller fence. More church signs. Acting perfect in church is like dressing up for an x-ray, okay? God sees our hearts. I like this one, talking about the church. You are the C-H-C-H, what's missing? You are the church, that's right. And finally... Church parking only violators will listen to the pastor's sermon. Okay. I was hoping you wouldn't laugh at that one, all right? So after um, the 8 o'clock service, somebody handed me this book, and it has uh, like 300 different church signs. So I'm going to read them through you. It only should take about an hour. I'm just kidding. I'll put them right here, all right? Okay. Church signs about um, our church, our life together. I was a... DCE in Iowa City, Iowa, and one of the youth from my congregation was a very good football player, and he had a scholarship to U and I, uh, Northern Iowa, University of Northern Iowa. Does anyone know their nickname? They're the what? They're the Panthers, and they play in the Unidome. If you look at the picture there, you can see in the back in the Unidome, University of Northern Iowa. And actually, he, he got a full-ride scholarship to play as a lineman, so he came home for Thanksgiving break, and I came up to him and said, How are you, how's you and I doing? He goes, well... I always thought you and I were doing fine, okay? He, he came home for Christmas and said, how's you and I? He said, didn't I tell you? I thought you and I were doing just well. I mean, there's not an issue between you and I. And he came home for Easter. I said, how's you and I? And he goes, didn't I tell you, you and I? Don't have to ask about that. And from then on, I asked him, well, how's your studies doing? How's the football team doing? You get it about you and I? But uh, there's a point for you and I because really, um, you and I are the church and the body of Christ Nehemiah, 400 years before the birth of Christ, when Israel returned back from their captivity in Babylon, he helped the people build a wall around Jerusalem. And that was something that the church did together. That was sort of a you and I sort of thing. They rebuilt the wall that God's people might be there until the Messiah comes through Israel. So that was a thing that they, you and I did together. When I think about you and I, we can think about you and I, we are the what? Yeah, you and I, we're the church. That's you and I. Uh, sometimes people complain about the church, and they, they start complaining. You know what's wrong with our church today? Remember, whenever you complain about the church, and I complain about the church, we're complaining about who? 
ourselves. Because you and I are the what? We're the church together. Whenever you complain about the church, complain about yourself because we are the church, you and I. I think maybe we'd be blessed if we said this, self, said this to ourselves every morning. I am the church, you are the church, and we are the what? Matter of fact, that's a song. Now, I don't, remember, don't know if you attended Sunday school, but I remember when I was a little kid many, many years ago and I attended Sunday school, and we heard that little poem from our teacher. How's it go? Uh, here's the steeple, here's the door. Open the doors and see all the what? Do you remember doing that? Here's the steeple, here's the door. Okay. And I heard, this was in my ordination sermon, the pastor shared that, that a girl learned that when she was in Sunday school, maybe in second, third grade, but sadly, the girl was only born, born with one arm, and so she couldn't do it. And said, teacher, I can't do this because I only have what? She was only born with one arm, so I can't do that. You know, here's the steeple. You know, here's the doors. Open, open the doors. Here's all the people. I can't do that. And the teacher wisely said, well, you need to go find another arm, and another student will do that with you, right? So they had her arm and an arm for another student. So you did it together. Here's the steeple. Here's the door. Open the doors. Here's all the people. But isn't that what the church is? The church is who? You and I. And it's just not looking at me. You can look at each other. It's what? You and I together. That is a church. We, we're the church and we are called together. It's a you and I sort of thing. It's, it's a body of Christ. Now, if you, if you listen to um, what St. Paul spoke in the epistle today, he talked about the church, you and I, having spiritual gifts. And it's really Trinitarian because you and I were all brought into the kingdom of God in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Just as Ella Grace was baptized Yesterday, in that name, um, our gifts and function of the church is Trinitarian. Well, let me explain that to you. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same what? The Holy Spirit. Uh, there's different kinds of service, but the same who? Lord Jesus. And there's different kinds of working, but the same who? God the Father. And so our, you and I, is Trinitarian. Different gifts, different service, different workings, all in the Trinity. And so I want to talk about, when I'm talking about you and I, I want to talk about what we, what we share in common as a church. Um, what we share in common is that we're all what? Man, no one's perfect before God. None of us is better than one another. We are all sinners. And what else we share in common is we're all empowered by the Holy Spirit to faith. Can you read that with me? For no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. That's what we have in common. We're called together by the same Spirit to confess Christ. What else do we have in common? We're all empowered by the Holy Spirit to our calling to distribute our gifts. And if you are a believer, then you have a gift. I don't know what that gift might be. I'm sure that you know what that gift might be. Maybe you have the gift of wisdom. Maybe you have the gift of knowledge. Maybe you have the gift of service. Maybe you have the gift of generosity. Maybe you have the gift of knowledge and you're able to look into things. Or maybe you have the gift of discernment and you can look at a situation and pick it apart and accurately see what can be done to fix it. Or maybe you have the gift of reading scripture and having an understanding. You have the gift of prophecy. Or maybe you have a gift of administration. You know how to maybe organize things. Or maybe you have a gift of service. I just like doing things for other people that really help them. But if you are a believer in Jesus, then you have been given a gift from God, and that's just a gift. It's just something that's an innate ability that God has given to you to be worked together within the body. That's what we have all in common. Can you read this with me? Now to each one of the, the Spirit is given to the common good. The reason why God has given you and I gifts 
is to be used for the common good. Nobody gets to take their bat and ball and what? Go home. Nobody gets to quit the team. Spirit has given us gifts to be used for the well-being of the body. It's a you and I thing. And there is no room for what? Yeah, it's not about pride. If you do something well, thank God, God's giving me the gift. Do you know what, what's the middle letter in the word pride? What is it? I. What's the middle letter in the word sin? I. You get the idea? You and I. It's something we do together. These are things that we have in common. Now, now what's different? Well, different gifts to us, and they're exhibited different. We, we show ourselves to have different gifts, and, and sometimes different gifts are on display. What else is different? Well, different gifts are bestowed. Uh, the Holy Spirit gives those gifts. And what else is different? The Holy Spirit gives gifts as what? The Spirit wills. Now, I think we can all go back to maybe high school and maybe there's the prom king guy. You know what I'm talking about? And he does really good at everything. Like he's sort of sharp looking and he's a captain of the football team. And he gets along with the young ladies well and he gets really good grades and he's going on a full ride scholarship and he's going to be some sort of structural engineer or some sort of surgeon. And we say, wow, look at all the gifts that God has given to that person. And I think that's maybe how some people might have looked at King David. Remember King David? Probably a sharp little guy. Remember he played the harp for who? Saul. And remember when the Philistines gathered against the Israelites, the little shepherd boy came with his stones and said, how dare you? What was the name of that giant? What was his name? How dare you, you uncircumcised Philistine? What an insult. How dare you insult God's people? You uncircumcised, not part of God's plan. How dare you? And he grew up to be a very godly king. Of course, he had his sins. And we sometimes look at those people and say, wow, look at all the gifts that God has given to them. But God gives gifts, they're exhibited in different ways, they're bestowed in different ways, and the Spirit wills. And sometimes God has granted people certain gifts and other people not certain gifts, and we don't know why, but God has given us all gifts for the manifestation of his body. Can we read this together? All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he gives them to each one just as he determines. And you see, ready for this? Your gifts don't make sense if someone else isn't here to receive them. My gifts don't make sense if you're not here. If, you, if I'm not here, my gifts don't make sense to you. Our, sen- our gifts make sense to each other when we're around each other, and we can use them to function together. Gifts of service don't work if someone doesn't have knowledge, and knowledge doesn't work if someone can't receive that knowledge, and wisdom doesn't work if there's not situations. We all are in it together, you and I. Now, I've shown this to you a couple weeks ago. This is how the body of Christ works. Do you see it? Now, look pretty close. They're all carrying a what? You see how they all got across the chasm? They all had a what? Work together? And notice in the picture, there's a time that everybody has to what? Hang on. You ever had to hang on to the body of Christ? You were hurting? You're going through a difficult time? Maybe there's surgery or someone has died? You have to hang on. Or maybe there's a time your life was pretty good and God's blessing you and you got to what? Support the body of Christ? There's always more people supporting than there are people hanging on. Do you see how they got across? Now, I showed that to someone. They were an engineer and they said, well, pastor, you have to understand, if you look at the very top part of it and the very bottom, 
All three are carrying the beam, but the guy in the middle, he has more weight. And there might be some times that we have to carry more weight. But this is how the body of Christ works. Different gifts bestowed, given as the Spirit wills for the well-being of the body. Do you see how they, how they move cross? It's how the Spirit of God works. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Now, we ought not look down on lesser gifts. We sometimes look down on lesser gifts and people who we sometimes don't think uh, maybe aren't as cool or as talented. With all love, I, I knew this guy, he's somewhat dressed nerdy. Well, I'm a nerd myself. He dressed nerdy and sort of awkward, you know, sort of quiet and shy, but a very kind guy. And sometimes in our immaturity, we might look down on that guy. Well, this guy told me once, he goes, I click CBs. You know what a CB is? You know, breaker, breaker, 10-4. I said, I can understand that. And I collected about 15 of them. I said, well, that's sort of cool. You know what I did? Is I passed them out to all the junior high kids in our church. Really? Yeah, and I told them how to turn on the CB and how to work, and they all have different handles. They have different names. And we do a Bible study together. So I tell them, like, 7 o'clock Friday night, go to your CB, turn it on. We have a Bible study together, and everybody can share, and you don't have to look at each other and be embarrassed. Then I realized I was standing on what? Holy ground. A person maybe said, well, that has a lot of gifts. That person had a lot of gifts. Knowledge and wisdom beyond what I can imagine. So don't look down on lesser gifts or people who might not think have a whole lot of gifts because that person might have some very unique gifts that blesses people in different ways. Martin Luther said this, God brings great blessings through mundane offices and things in life. So I traveled back home to visit with my father and visit with my family. I wouldn't have been able to make it if there wasn't a Shell gas station attendant there. Wouldn't be able to eat if somebody wasn't at the restaurant serving the meal. Those people came in very handy. I wasn't able to go back if there wasn't a bank teller there to help me have cash. God works through the mundane offices, through gifts that bless each other, that bless us with. Don't look down on the mundane offices in life. Let me go back in history and show that to you. You heard this before, all roads lead to what? You know what the greatest invention in Rome was? I mean, it's, it's rather common. It's a stone because with the stone, they built all the Roman highways that inter- interconnected Rome for, for commerce and for their military and also spread the gospel. The Roman Empire, stone made, stones made roads and stone made sewers and irrigation. You know the number one invention in the Roman Empire was? And we're talking about an empire that lasted a thousand years, hundreds of millions of square miles, many different nationalities. You know what their greatest invention was? The sewer. Without the sewer, what would happen? No one can get rid of their, their, their trash and all their debris, and sickness would reign. I know that sounds odd. You know, one of the most important things that enable us to live together in Defiance County is a trash man. What happened if a trash man wouldn't come and pick up our trash? The flies, the rats, and the Z's. Most important invention was the sewer system and the irrigation system made of stones. Don't look down on the lesser or more mundane gifts. What are the three most important inventions or uses in our modern world? Well, fire is not an invention, it's an element. But where would our life be without the wheel? We wouldn't be able to drive here today, we'd all be walking around. And where would our life be without nails? We wouldn't have a church and you wouldn't have your home. We wouldn't have much of, much of the structure we have today without what? Nails. Do not look down on the lesser mundane gifts because God uses them. As the Holy Spirit bestows gifts, exhibits gifts according to his will. For who? You and I. They all work together. People have different gifts, different talents work together that we don't have with each other. 
You ever heard of this lady? Her name is Frances Ridley Havergal. I just heard of her this last week. I was doing research on the sermon. And she died at the age of 43. She, she was sickly her whole life and really wasn't a very bubbly or dynamic person, not known of her for a lot of accomplishments. But she's a very faithful person. God has given her a unique gift, and that gift was to be able to look at Scripture and look at her life and write poetry and hymns. Do you know the hymns we're talking about up there? Hope, Savior, precious Savior. You know the hymn? Or take my life and let it... Are you familiar with that? Or I am trusting thee, Lord Jesus, trusting only. Have you ever said that to yourself in life, in difficulty? Or when you sung that hymn and had meaning to you? She wrote those hymns. She wrote them. A person that somebody might not think a whole lot about. But those hymns have touched tens of millions of people. Even touched maybe you and I. God works through the mundane gifts as he works through the greater gifts for you and I. Think about that when you sing it, how, how God works through the mundane things. So you and I, do you have stories of how people with gifts in our church have blessed you? Or maybe how God has used your gifts to bless others? Have you thought about that? Things that God has enabled you to do in your gifts is how it's blessed our church and how other church members have blessed you. So I just want to take this time. Uh, my mom died last Sunday. Sort of came suddenly. And it was sort of a difficult day and there's a number of things that had to happen. But I want to thank you for your cards and your warm wishes and your thoughts during that very difficult time. I can't tell you how much it means to me. I know sometimes um, I criticize Facebook, but there is a blessing that when I put the announcement on Facebook, every 10 minutes, somebody would comment. I found that really reassuring. Thank you. And in the other thing we talk about, you and I, I think God has used that to give me greater incense, insight, some sensitivities, and sharpen me and sharpen you. You see, as a pastor, I probably did 300 funerals. And I told my wife, this is my first family funeral on my side of the family for 32 years. I come from a very small family. My dad came from Germany, and my mom only had her uncle and her parents. Very small family, so very difficult. But I've done 300 funerals. I'm always on the other side of the situation, and now I'm on the other side. But thank you. And may God use that and sharpen me and sharpen you you and I in it together, and I can't tell you how much it means to me, so thank you from the bottom of my heart, and may God use all of us, their gifts and talents, to help all of each other, because that draws us what? You and I close together. So I think the first announcements going on in a new church sign is going to be you and I. No dots. What? You and I. In Christ. Thank you. So how about this for a closing thought? Can we all read it together? Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all in all. And you and I and all God's people say...